Hello, you're listening to Ending Physician Overwhelm, and I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello. I'm a physician and a life coach for physicians and other professionals. In this podcast, we look at why, as physicians, we often get stuck in feelings of overwhelm, anxiety, and burnout, and how we can break out of toxic thought patterns. My hope is that each episode gives you an opportunity to heal and get more clear on how you want to show up in your life and your work. And now, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to our episode, Residency Dropout, with special guest, Dr. Chelsea Turgan. So Chelsea Turgan is a number one bestselling author of the book, Residency Dropout, and she is working as a career and burnout coach for healthcare workers who are ready to find fulfillment and happiness in their career. She is happily a digital nomad, and currently... um, we are talking to her from Ecuador. So welcome to the show, Chelsea. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So I want to lead right in with, um, you know, letting you tell your story. And I want to, I want to talk about what I see as a really unique path for you. So, so many of us are, you know, when we enter medicine or other sort of high achieving professions, we are so focused on the pathway to training and staying on the path to get to that goal at the end. And we don't really stop to ask ourselves, does this feel right? Is this really what I want to be doing? And I'm sure a lot of us along the way, you know, would fantasize at different times about giving up and saying, oh, I'm just going to go work as a barista or, you know, something else that seems very easy but a lot of us never really give ourselves permission to really ever consider stepping off the path. And so I'm wondering if you can share your story with us and sort of what it looked like to go through that process of leaving residency. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so happy to to talk about this and share about this because you're totally right that we get through medical training, we get this tunnel vision. And we live in this space of delayed gratification throughout our whole training. And we're kind of, we're pretty much regularly told this story of like, just hang in there, just keep going. It's going to be worth it when in the next, perhaps I remember after, let's see, like even starting at the very beginning of med school, people would be like, okay, just get through till you take step one. It's going to all be worth it once you take step one and you get into the wards and then you're on the wards. And then people are like, just hang on until you match, just wait until then. And then once you match, it'll be great. And fourth year is like a vacation and you get to just interview everywhere and it's great. So then you're kind of hanging on till then. And then you have a little reprieve fourth year and then you get to residency and everyone's like, just, it's really hard, but just get through intern year. Once you know what you're doing, it'll feel better. Like you're just constantly told this. And it's not even like, like you were saying, like, we don't really check in to feel if it's right. We, We actually, like, even when we check in, And if it doesn't feel right, we're told that's normal Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's what it's supposed to be. Um, And so we really kind of get this warped sense of just how your day-to-day life is supposed to feel. And you kind of live in this suspended reality of, I'm just kind of holding my breath. 
until I get to this finish line. And it's this mentality of constantly putting any sort of happiness and, and not any, like we all have like moments of happiness, but putting like a real day-to-day -day happiness, we put it off into the future. But the problem is when you get to the finish line, you're not used to being at the finish line. And so you're just always used to holding it away from you. And so you still don't feel like you've made it and you still don't feel like you've arrived. And it's just kind of this whole mentality of like, you don't get to enjoy now, you have to suffer now, but it'll get better in the future. So that's kind of like what we're all taught and what we live mm -hmm. in. Um, and I was living in that as well. And, and I, like you said, it's, you, you dream about it. You're like, oh, I would love to. I think I learned about um, being a digital nomad my fourth year of med school. And I was listening to this podcast of um, this person who like she was making her full-time income from her podcast and mm. she was traveling around Europe. And I was like, who is this girl? What is happening? And I, I like, I literally wished I could be her, but I would tell myself that's not real. That's not a thing. And then my sister actually started working with the life coach at some point, um, I think during my fourth year of med school as well. And I was like, what, what's that? What's a life coach? What are you doing with her? What's happening there? Um, and, and then as like going through the transition into residency, I was like, I think I need a life coach. So I started working with her too. And she's mm -hmm. emailing me from like Rome and she's traveling. And, and I just felt this sense of like jealousy. And I think mm -hmm. the reason we feel jealousy is because we have a desire, but we, we tell ourselves we can't have that desire. Yeah. We, we deny ourselves permission, essentially. So we're holding it away from us and we're like, oh, well, that would be nice. Or we feel kind of like bitter or resentful about it um, because we're telling ourselves that's nice for someone else, but it's not nice for you. And I just remember um, having that mentality for so long. And I think for me, what started to change that is I really hit a rock bottom. Um, so during my second year of residency, second year in my program was very work intensive. Like you go from one really hard rotation to the next, you go from, I went from like my nights rotation to guide off. And it was just like really time intensive. Um, and I hit this point where I like physically could not drag myself to work anymore. And then mm -hmm. when I did, I would sneak off whenever I could to try to take a nap in a non-call room somewhere. And I was just really at this low. And I, so I met with my program director because um, I think people were starting to notice like what's going on with Chelsea. I don't, she didn't come to clinic today. What's happening? Yeah. Um, and I met with my program director and she, she suggested like, I think you need to take some time to like figure out what's going on, what you want to do. And like, I knew something had to change at that point. Like I couldn't keep doing residency the same way I was doing it. I knew that something needed to change. I had no idea what. Um, and so I took this five weeks to really connect to myself. Um, I call it my intuition. Maybe other people would relate to it as like their gut feeling or just kind of their, maybe their desires. I don't, whatever, whatever name people have for it. I just spent that five weeks meditated every day. I journaled every day. <laughs> I did yoga every day. And then I tried to be outside as much as I could. That, that was kind of what I set myself. I was like, that's all I'm going to do these five weeks. And then we'll see what happens. And by the end of it, I really had this clear sense of like, I need to travel. I need to go see the world. And it did not make any sense because I was like, um, I'm sorry, how, how am I going to make a living while traveling? Like I felt so confused by this desire to travel. Um, and I remember specifically on a plane ride. So I went to Utah during this whole experience. Um, that was a vacation I had already planned out before I took the five week leave of absence. It just so happened to fall within that, which was great. And so then I went to Utah um, on the plane ride home from Utah. I 
started to feel like, okay, I really do want to travel, but it doesn't make sense. So then I did this journaling prompt, which I just totally made up, but it's worked so well. And I've used it for so many of my clients since then is I just wrote down, what are all the stories I'm telling myself about why I can't travel? And then I wrote all those down and there was a ton. There was so many stories. There was like, um, I had a dog at the time. So I was like, what if I can't find anyone to take care of champion? He actually, he lives in Seattle now with my sister. So (laughs) he's close (laughs) to you. Um, but you know, what if I can't find someone to take care of champion? What if this is not the answer? What if I go Mm. residency and travel and I'm still unhappy. And so it's, you know, like, it's just like this fantasy, but it's not, really what's going to do it. Um, what if I can never pay back my loans and I'm living in poverty for the rest of my life? Like everything came out. Right. And I just let it go, 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 go. And then after I got all those fears out, what came up next was, but what if I never go? Mm -hmm. What if I never see the world? What if I spend the rest of my life in a freezing cold OR (laughs) or under the fluorescent lights in the clinic Yeah. And I just never actually do this thing. And that honestly, at that moment, that felt worse and scarier Mm. than all the other fears. So I was like, crap. Yeah. (laughs) I gotta do it now. (laughs) So that's kind of the story of like how I gave myself permission and how I made that decision. Yeah. And I think that's so important because like when you actually sit down and sort of confront your own truth like that by taking the time to really journal or, you know, if you're working with a coach or, you know, some kind of guide you can't unsee that work for yourself, right? It's, and, and I think that's a reason why a lot of people are scared to do that, right? They might know somewhere inside that there's something that calls to them that feels scary or dangerous in some way, as silly as that sounds. And they're very afraid to explore it because what if that makes me blow up my life, right? What Mm -hmm. if... I then decide I have to leave, you know, such and such thing or leave my marriage or any number of other major disruptions. Yeah. So that's so, that's so good. It's Um, so true that like that fear of being honest with yourself mm -hmm. and really sitting with your truth. It's, it's so real. And I fully like acknowledge that that is scary, but it's really important to know that like nothing you're being called to do, like nothing that's really your truth it might be scary to go through, but it's going to feel better on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and juxtaposing that with, you know, living, living in a way that you don't feel fully aligned with, yeah. um, which is not to say that, you know, everybody ought to just drop out of medical school and residency mm-hmm. or stop doing whatever career they're doing. Right. Yeah. But just you know, that opportunity to really sit down and work through like what what do I really want? And what am I telling myself uh, about, you know, kind of where I am right now? Yeah. That's so important. And yeah, everyone's path is going to look different and that's really important, but that, and that's where your truth comes from. Like that's where you, you have to check in with your truth. My, what I help people do is not, here's how to quit your job and travel the world. hundred <laughs> percent. No, cause that's not right for everybody. Yeah. So it's like really truth. your truth and then honoring that to the best of your abilities. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so important. Um, and I'm wondering, so for so many of us on the journey, you know, when you're, especially when you're in medical school, when you're in residency training, we are so highly reliant on external validation, right? We need to get scores and, 
you know, we need to pass rotations and, you know, learn skills. And, and we want everyone to think of us as the best, right? There's always that sort of competitive stuff, even when we love our, our classmates and colleagues. And so I'm wondering if you can speak to, you know, the experience of being in that environment and deciding, you know, through this five-week journey, like you were internally validating, you know, what you really wanted, but then you have to go back to that environment and sort of face the music in terms of telling people, you know, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm leaving this thing that is, you know, so hard for all of us. I'm deciding it's not for me. Like, what was that like for you? Yeah. I love that question so much. So I think you have to, what I invite everyone here to do is first just reflect on the fact that the external validation, while that's what you've been conditioned to, but I invite you to just ask, like, is that really working for you? <laughs> like, what does that really do when you get validated? For me, my experience was it was very fleeting and very mm -hmm. temporary. Mm -hmm. Anytime I made a really great score on a test, it felt great. Or like I got honors on a rotation or matched into my top choice residency program. Anytime I had those moments and then, you know, had those successes and then other people would be like, wow, that's so great. Congratulations. It lasted for maybe like a day at the most, mm -hmm. <laughs> like at the most I remember right. on match day, like 30 minutes after I matched, I was really, really happy for those 30 minutes. And then it just wore off. So yeah. it's, it's just so temporary. And then another aspect of that is if you don't internalize that external validation and you don't let it land, it doesn't even, you don't even really feel it. Like, mm -hmm. and, and then it's like this empty pit of like, you need more and more and more. Because <laughs> what happens is like, you, you have to give it to yourself. Even if it's still coming from someone else, you still have to like accept it and receive it and let it land inside of you. Otherwise you're never going to feel satisfied or fulfilled. That's just kind of how it works. And so I just started to get real about, you know, I've been chasing this external validation for a while and it's like a moving target and an empty fit. And I don't know if that's really what's going to work for me anymore. So how about I try starting from the inside? Mm -hmm. Let's just see. Let's see how this goes. And it started. <laughs> try, this one. <laughs> try, this, try this new approach. Right. And it, it did feel really good. And I was like, maybe this is actually what I've been missing is like just trusting myself. And I think the more you really connect to your body and your truth and your intuition, like all that stuff really lives not necessarily in your brain, but in your physical self. Mm. So I think the more you connect to that and can ground into like your truth in that way, you can just start to feel more content and at ease and whole, and then confident in what you're doing, <laughs> as mm -hmm. opposed to like always looking around outside to make sure you're measuring <laughs> up to everyone else. There's not really confidence there because there's, you don't have a way to know if you're doing it right except for looking at other people's expressions. And so it just feels really like sporadic and scattered. And so once you just really start to source it from inside, then you can feel more confident in your decisions. And so then I remember coming back to residency and I'm still like so impressed with that version of me who was like so connected to her intuition. And so just like walked into my program director's office and was like, I'm resigning. And I would just like stood there in such a calm, firm mm. energy. And I remember even I had dinner with my grandparents at that point. Um, they lived nearby where I did residency. And they're like, you look so calm <laughs> for someone who's just made this 
wild decision. <laughs> like what's <laughs> happening? And I just, I just felt really centered and connected. And so, um, yeah, it didn't feel like such a big deal telling everyone because I was like, it was almost funny to me, like watching everyone squirm and watching their reactions. And I just was like, so yeah. proud. It was so funny. Yeah. I think that's so important, you know, and sort of doing the work and preparation for that so that you can arrive and really feel that settled feeling in your body, right? It's not just, you know, the intellectual, like, okay, I'll do this and this, and I'll say this thing. It's, it's really being able to feel it inside, which I think is not something that a lot of us have a lot of practice with, you know, we're, we're so conditioned and, you know, we get that dopamine hit when we say, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a vet. I'm going to be a this, I'm going to be a that, wow, that's amazing is what we hear, right? And it just reinforces all of those external messages. And, you know, we don't tune in to that, to that inner, you know, feeling of being settled in our bodies so often. Yeah. Yeah, So I'm so glad you, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, And yeah. And, you know, not just having done the thought work, but also, also giving yourself the time to really sit with it right. To, to be really settled so that when you do come, you do bring that confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably not to say, I'm sure you had some, you know, occasional thoughts that would still pop up of like, Oh my God, what are you doing? (laughs) Totally. Are you sure you want to do this? I have those moments, right. I had that initial moment of like, this is what I'm doing. And then, um, I felt really confident and great at it. And then I remember I like, so I signed up for this life coach training program. And I remember like opening up my computer and I was still working at the hospital because I had negotiated kind of like a part-time thing for three months after I turned in my resignation. And it was like in, yeah, like that was in October when I turned my resignation. And then this is in January, I had signed up for this life coaching program and kind of in the program, it, it seemed like, okay, you just become a life coach and then you can make six figures, right? And I was like, oh, great, that sounds easy. (laughs) And then I remember opening up my computer to start the program and it was talking about kind of like how to get clients and the whole like um, process of like prospecting and reaching out to people in sales. And I was like, what? What What do I have to do to get clients? (laughs) This is what I have to do to make money? Can I? No, can I go back? I don't want to have to do all of this. (laughs) It felt like, I literally was like, I want to close my computer and just actually be a doctor again, because that felt so scary. But then once I calmed down and like started to go through it, it like, you know, so it's like, you always have those moments and then you have to just return back to your truth and return back to that like place within you. That's like, okay, yeah, this is scary. This is not going to be easy, but it's the right kind of hard and the right kind of scary. And it's what I'm feeling pulled to do. Yeah. Yeah. And just accepting that that those fears and anxieties that pop up don't have to be, they don't have to be true. You know, they don't have to be something that is a true warning sign, you know, can just be like, no, of course you're feeling uncomfortable. This is new. That's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I think of that as like, so I've, I've named my like inner doubts Mm. and inner critics now, and it's doubting Didi. That's like who my inner critic is. And so, and the thing like about all, we all have some version of an inner critic or, you know, that inner voice in our head. Um, And I think of them as like, they're the guard of our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Anytime we're trying to like step outside of our comfort zone, the inner critic like just comes up and it's like, wait, 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 what about this? What about that? And it's like, literally, it's only trying to keep you in your comfort zone because it associates familiarity with safety 
mm-hmm. which is not always true. Right. Um, and so then it's, it's like, now I just know that and I expect it. So whenever I'm doing something out of my comfort zone and those voices come up, I'm like, oh yeah, Didi, how you yeah, doing? There you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it really kind of goes into that, that learned helplessness that you had written about in the Kevin MD article of this idea that, you know, we'll, we'll stay in our comfort zone. We'll stay with what we know, even when it's harming us because it's familiar. Right. And that's, that's true of humans as well as animals and and so many other, you know, situations of we'll take the comfort, you know, unfortunately, that's why, that's why we stay in toxic work positions. Sometimes that's why, um, you know, people living with domestic violence stay in situations. I mean, part of it is more complicated, right? It might be fearing for their safety of leaving, but also there's comfort and familiarity with knowing you know, what that experience is versus a fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the devil, you know, versus the devil, you don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me, um, you know, for somebody who is out there maybe listening to us talk and they have been questioning, you know, some part of their life and feeling really uncertain, whether that's, you know, thinking about their career or, you know, some other sort of major life factor, like, what would you want them to know? as they are sitting with that, that fear of like, oh, I don't know if I can even sort of ask myself those questions about whether I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Um, I think the first thing you have to decide is you have to look at where you are and you have to really look around and say like, is this, is this really what I was hoping my life would be? Is, you know, like zoom out even like, if, and if this is my life now, what is it? What does that mean? 50 years down the road? Like, what, what is this all leading up to? And like, just get really clear about, is this working for me? I think that's a big question to just start with. Like, is this situation working for me? I don't think we really check in with that because mm-hmm. we, we just try to ask ourselves like, how can I survive in this? Or how can I handle it? Or how can I kind of fit myself into a situation that I think I want to be in, but instead really looking at the situation and being like, do I want to be in this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is this really working for me? Um, and starting with that, because if it's not working for you, like you'd really deserve to be in a situation that does work for you. And not only do you deserve it, but you can offer so much more to the world when you are in a place that is nourishing and supportive to you. That can be your environment. That can be your internal environment, like your mental thoughts. Like when you're nourished, when you're well cared for, when your cup is full, you are in such a better position to actually overflow and give to others. And I think we've just been conditioned to believe that the way we can be of service is like self-sacrifice and martyrdom. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we know. And a lot of us, that's what's been modeled to us throughout childhood and just in society. And so really just checking in with that is like, how am I, am am I actually helping people when I show up to work and I'm really bitter and angry and I'm like rolling my eyes and sighing and that's what I would always do. Or like slamming doors or, you know, like, is that really yeah. some people? like, yeah, you're present, you're showing up. That's great. But like, are you really like 
helping people? You're really helping. Yeah. 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 That's so good. I think, I think we get so used to asking the question, like, how much can I take? How much can I endure? And we're very afraid to ask the question, how good will I allow myself to have it? We're so, oh my God, we're so afraid of that. Ouch, right? Like, (laughs) joy is so vulnerable. I was literally just messaging with a client on Monday and she, um, I was like, her assignment was you have to go and do something out of your comfort zone. And so then what she did was she went to the gym and like swam laps, which was something she'd been like wanting to do for a while, but was like, I don't know if I can swim good enough. And, you know, it was like, she felt nervous about it. And so then she did it. And then the whole rest of the day, she was happy but she felt so weird about it. She's like, is this allowed? Am I allowed to feel happy? Can I feel proud it's of like, myself for swimming laps? <laughs> like, can I just like ride this wave of yeah. what, what is this feeling? It's so strange. So yeah. we, it feels unsafe almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so good. Well, um, tell us uh, how people can find you and learn more about the work that you're doing. Yeah. So I am active on basically all the social media platforms. Um, I have a podcast that if you're listening to this, you're already a podcast listener. So I'd love to have you join me as well. It's the life after medicine podcast and that it's for any burnt out healthcare professional who is just wondering about leaving the medical field, wondering if that's the right thing for them. And we help you create a fulfilling and maybe non-traditional career as a healthcare professional. So that's um, a great place where you can find me. I also have a free mini course. If you're somebody who is questioning your, like, like questioning if medicine's right for you, or just kind of wondering, like, I don't know if this is the most sustainable career path. Is there something else out there for me? But I have no idea what that could be. Like, what would I even do if I left this beaten path? Um, I have a free mini course called Five Days to Career Clarity. And that has five days of videos and journal prompts. And what it does is it walks you through a process of getting clarity around what you want and figuring out what your next steps are. So I offer that as well. That's at coachchelsmd.com slash clarity. Perfect. And we'll have uh, links to all that in, um, in the show notes for today. Thank you so much for joining me, Chelsea. This has been a great conversation. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Ending Physician Overwhelm. If you've learned something today or felt moved, please share this episode with a colleague and be sure to like and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode yourself. If you'd like to know more about me and my coaching practice, you can find more information at www.healthierforgood.com. Until next time, take care.